Okay, boom. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Real Drug Talk. My name is Jack Nagel, and on this show, we talk about all things alcohol and drugs. Now, today, um, we're talking about the lived experience workforce with Lily Owen, who has been on the podcast before um, to tell her personal story. Um, but this is one of the times where I've explained a little bit about this on the podcast before, um, but I wanted to make this podcast nothing about kind of me and just keep it purely about uh, all the different you know things that happen in the alcohol and drug space. But this is one of the times that um, what is going on in the alcohol and drug space and an organisation that myself and Lily are setting up kind of cross over. And we wanted to talk about it because listeners may be able to get involved and may be interested in getting involved as well. So um, yeah, we look forward to having you um, listen to this show and hear what we're doing with Experience Matters Collective um, and what the lived experience workforce is all about. Um, any feedback would be um, fantastic. We would love to have you join the membership, which will be in the show notes. Um, and yeah, we, we just uh, we want to harness the voice of the lived experience um, uh, body and, and um, existing cohort that is there so that we can get better treatment outcomes for, for people and families that are, you know, living with alcohol and drug issues in whatever form that may be. So um, without further ado, let's jump into the show and enjoy. Peace. Okay, boom. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Real Drug Talk. Now, today, on today's show, we're going to talk about a pretty pertinent issue in the alcohol and drug space and something that some of the listeners might want to get involved in, which is exciting. And I've talked about it a little bit, but I actually wanted to get Lily Owen back, who's been on the podcast to share her personal story with addiction and recovery. Um, one of the most popular episodes, by the way. Um, so well done. Uh, but I wanted to get her back on to just talk about um, the lived experience workforce um, and uh, peers in the AOD space and abroad and all that sort of stuff. Uh, because yeah, we, we have started an organization um, called the Experience Matters Collective that we started incubating last year. Um, and, and we now have launched, which is pretty cool. Um, but because I've talked about it a little bit, I just thought it would be more interesting to talk to Lily about it because um, yeah it's a space that a lot of listeners can um, get involved in and and help out hopefully and also Lily's going to be heading up the operation that we have going on um, and you know uh, being the driving force behind all the work and stuff so thanks mate how are you? Hey Jack very well thanks for having me again. No Good worries. To be back. No worries. Now um, so just for everyone listening this show is never really meant to be about, um, you know, me. Like I tried to make a, just so you know as well, Lily, I tried to make a personal commitment when I started the show to always keep it about education, raising awareness, breaking stigma, hearing people's stories, talking to professionals, all that sort of stuff. But this venture that me and you are doing um, kind of crosses over into that same realm because it's such a big space that a lot of people want to get into. Um, mm. And and that is, you know, obviously 
whether it's you go through treatment or you just have a lived experience of alcohol and drug use as a family man- member or someone that's, you know, individually used drugs and alcohol yourself, a lot of people want to use that to help others because that's a big part of their story is, is getting helped by those people too. So um, maybe just to kind of kick off the conversation, do you want to like maybe just explain where this all comes from and what we're talking about when we say a lived experience workforce and all those kinds of things? Yeah, totally. Um, so it really just, there's a, there's a real broad sort of understanding of um, lived experience and also peer. Um, what we're trying to do and what I really believe in is to have um, anyone who has that experience, not that, not purely abstinent base, um, but also a range of, of people who have had experience with alcohol and drug use. So as you mentioned, family members, um, carers, and also a range of users currently using, and then, you know, the whole spectrum to abstinence. But um, it's really important if we want to get people with a lived experience into a whole range of, and a whole myriad of roles, um, in society, I guess, we need to have people who are currently using, if we want to have overdose prevention, mm. we want to have understanding of trends, of drug trends currently, you know, past, present and future and emerging trends as well. We want to, um, and that's going to dictate the way that we respond to overdose, the way that we respond to treatment, the way that we respond to, um, you know, uh, you know, supply reduction, harm reduction, all of the above. Mm. Um, so it's really it's anyone who has had that experience um and we like you know i really truly believe that there is space for everyone in the sector to influence policy to influence um you know personal results everyone's recovery is completely different therefore we don't um exclude Mm. anyone Mm. yeah we've got a lot to learn from anyone who's experienced um alcohol and drugs Interesting, interesting. Um, and I guess just so everyone sort of understands uh, the space a little bit, if you're not kind of on the other end where you are engaging in it professionally um, and you might be out there seeking help or currently getting mm-hmm. help or whatever it might be, uh, lived experience is something when you do like community focus groups or you talk to lots of people that have used drugs and alcohol not in every situation but a lot of people will talk about the importance of um, peers and other people with the lived experience you know influencing them for the better through their service engagement Um, but unfortunately in the alcohol and drug sector it's not something that is kind of formalized and doesn't have any structure around it um Mm. and it's a real shame because there's lots of different issues which we'll flesh out a little bit here that that come out of it but i guess the main one is is that um there's i guess in some sense service quality might not be as good as it can be because peers aren't involved in all the different levels Mm. would you yeah yeah i i definitely agree i think that um there is big shift happening and about to happen when it comes mm. to that lived experience being part of the um being part of the alcohol and other drug workforce mm. um you know there's 
it's this just sort of comes from my understanding and I can I, I can speak from my experience having um uh, looked for help when um mm-hmm. and you, if anyone's heard my story I really I, I've spoken quite vocally about how hard it was for me to navigate the system and how I was um you know turned down from a few places mm-hmm. uh, to access treatment and things like that when I was so hungry for it and so hungry to get better and I just sort of was left in this space of oh, you know, I'm really, really stuck and alone and I'm really wanting to get help mm-hmm. and not being able to access help. And I remember the one thing that I was, I faced was that, and I could, I could tell the people that I was seeing, they had a knowledge of addiction or a knowledge of counselling from university, but there was the difference between the knowledge and then the knowing of someone who has walked that walk that was what I found a huge gap. And in turn, that created a huge gap from the services and myself mm-hmm. on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, on a connection level. I felt disconnected from services, disconnected from the world. I already was disconnected from myself. I was disconnected from the world in a whole. So the one place where I wanted to be connected, I felt disconnected. I'm not saying that this is across the board. Mm-hmm. There are incredible, incredible workers, incredible. But that was my personal experience when I felt unheard as a user Mm -hmm. um I felt unseen and that was perpetually making me want to use more yeah so I do I I saw it from that side and then I I so from working in the space and working in the sector I saw firsthand um trying to access work in the sector was quite difficult Mm -hmm. and trying to access information about where to study or where to you know start my career in this mm. space was quite tricky as well this is my experience what I faced um and I thought oh my gosh like if I'm struggling and I'm a real like putting myself out there and I'm struggling I can't imagine how hard it is for everyone else to try and get work in this space who are in recovery mm. their own version of recovery um so I guess that's when I realized that the peer workforce is and the people with lived experience in in conjunction with people with um you know knowledge and understand you know and and um, people who have gone through yeah professional qualifications people who have had the opportunity to go through university and you know i um realized that we have so much to learn from each other mm. we have so much to learn from each other we've got we've got to connect that knowledge and that knowing and we've got to work together to change the sector and to change it to be more of an open place where people can access help. People can be understood to the le- layers of their soul, you know, mm. really accepted and seen and heard and held. So that is, that's the, um, that's my reason for doing this with yeah. you and yours is very similar. And that's why we're, we work well together and, that's my where my passion lies is to be able to really be that you know as peers are that beacon of hope for people wanting to get help but also having that ability to really be there and hold the person who needs the help mm. and learn from each other and create that connection and then what we're doing so if we if you break it down and like simplify it it's and this just I mean, it's going to be a continuous work in progress because it's like, it's just, it's 
concept and then we there's so much there's so much that can be added and grown and but you know if you think about okay what what as a human do you need when you're in that space okay you you want to be able to hear from people how they've they've gone through their recovery and how they're currently going through it but you also want people to be able to be in the harm reduction space, to be in overdose prevention, to be um, understanding that people still use drugs and and be part of that. So, you know, as we, as I mentioned before, we've got a whole range of different peers. Um, so we want to create the accessibility um, and create that awareness and sort of modernise that peer training. So um, breaking down those barriers to entry is like number one goal, number one goal, saying this, you know, and I, I believe that purpose is a, one of the most key ingredients to recovery. Um, it's it's hard going back to old jobs that you relate with um, using, you know, like I've definitely, my old career, I've got a lot of, uh, for better, you know, triggers when it comes yep. to that kind of yep. pace of work and also people have seen you know it's sort of like there's been a lot of <laughs> a lot of damage almost like it mm. you know it's redeemable but you also you want to look after your recovery best as possible but and I think that you know one thing for me was I need to give back a, a lot of us that go through the rehabilitation and go through mm. our own experiences and there was you know a really key person or a really few key people that lifted you out of that space mm. And a lot of the time, and this I can't speak for everyone, but for me at least, there were people with lived experience who I could connect with on a such a like deep level. Um, and so anyway, so it's about breaking down those barriers. So having the online training, and then we've got the support throughout. So we've got you know community of practices, but not only do do we do that, want to start. Um, really ramping up events, you know, events for family and friends of people who are using, and then also like you know, events for um, uh, self-discovery and mm. motivational speakers and spirituality, or you know, and whatever it's tailored for, and then hear from people in in you know in our little peer community mm. what it is you want to learn about, what it is that you want to explore within yourselves with others within this big wide world and then that creates the connection as well um and it just sort of makes that recovery more fun and interesting and knowledge and mm. you know that bringing the light back in and then we can have like opportunities are endless of connecting and and having that real recovery based you know community that we learn from each other and we and then throughout your career or throughout your um journey through the peer space you'll be held by us um you know anything that any issues anyone you've got like you know jack and i are both counselors um it's that you know really protecting your um self most importantly um and then it'll be we also want we feel that um you know, the difference, say, if you look between, um, say, Melbourne and Canada, you know, mm. British Columbia, there are so many, so much peer stuff going on in the alcohol and other drug space. Mm. And that's purely because they've had an, um, frameworks around what a peer is, where a peer begins and where a peer ends or, you know, what a peer's job looks like. And, you know, a lot of organisations 
may not have that um, that ability to put resources into um, figuring out themselves what a peer looks like and how they're going to implement them into this into this into their um, organisation. So we really want to help organisations with that as well um, and be that support for organisations. So sort of be a conduit between sort of be that connecting peers and work and this mm. just be a connector i want to be a connector of things and you know it's a win-win for everyone that's right um and i think you know purpose is connection to something and we know that connection is the opposite of addiction and i yeah i'm a firm believer that the more people we get it just the more people we get to explore that giving back and that being of service to the to the space the, the we're going to have better results um in mm. the aod space and there's a lot lot of work to be done in this space and i think that you know we're we're on the way of doing some really amazing work together we need to do it together yeah yeah i, I love that and it's a i like actually just listening to lily explain it because it helps just re-solidify it in in my mind and so and I don't know if you agree, but one of the things that we kind of want to create for people is that tangible, you know, really to start with, I think, you know, we're kind of about employment opportunities, whether that be within the alcohol and drug space or outside of it mm-hmm. and all that goes into creating that. Um, and and one of the things that, you know, I guess that we're really keen on doing for people is like, because a lot of this comes from what, as Lily said, like what we didn't experience, I suppose, or what wasn't available. And when you were explaining all that, I was like, man, I wish there was something like that for me to plug into. Um, when I was, you know, very mm. first kind of trying to change things up in my life and thought that maybe I wanted to be part of the alcohol and drug space, but wasn't a hundred percent sure and all that sort of jazz. And I think I ended up doing, yeah, like to start with an 18 month, um, you know, call a diploma course about alcohol and drugs and mental health, but that was a significant investment of um, money for me um, at that time. To be honest, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if that's what I wanted to do. Um, and it would have been really cool if there was like a little stepping stone in between there where I could just kind of, you know, wet my beak a little bit. Yeah. And also, no, I think that was one thing for me is I'm like, I didn't know what was available and I just kept knocking on doors and mm. um, I kept contacting, I think I told you, you know, I wanted to yeah, explore, talk- the explore of the addiction world. And so I kept knocking on doors, talking to people, and, mm. okay, how does the AOD space work? Okay, it's set up like this. Okay, where does the funding come from? And all of that, I just had to get my brain around it. And it's not until that exploration and that understanding of everything that you can see how it's all broken up. What are the different roles? What, what can I do? How do I get there? And so we're going to take that. We're just going to give you what we found. Mm. And so you guys can figure it out for yourselves and we will be there as a support to help you get to the next stage, sort of like career counselors. Um, and we're not just, we long-term um, again, super passionate about purpose. So if you want to be, I keep using this example, but say a, a data scientist, um, we want to be able to harness those skills of yours and potentially, you know, cross pollinate the AOD space if it works with your passion for data 
you know, exploration. And we can then, you know, think about more modern ways to collect data in the AOD space or to go into research. And, you know, there's so many amazing brains out there that, and there's so much that can be changed and, and will be changed, but it needs lots of great might Think about how many, how much we will be able to change if we have all the great minds together working for the right reasons from the soul, you know? Mm, mm, that's right. And I think the other thing that you touched on there that would have been really exciting for me and, you know, it was, I don't get me wrong. I still love kind of the experience that I had early on, but just having a space to explore what my skill sets were and how they might match up in different areas of the alcohol and drug system and how mm. they could actually play out as someone that has a lived experience and how I could use them in different roles would have been super helpful, you know, cause I, totally. I ended up doing a lot of stuff that was probably not in my wheelhouse that didn't light me yeah. up, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. And I mean, that's always going to be part of it and you're always going to try things. And, but um, I think just that having that, that sort of, it's reducing the barriers to entry. It's reducing the barriers to entry for everyone. And so having just, you know, information right there at your fingertips literally right here online mm. and you can explore and find out through the trainings what's available what's not does that does that float your boat does it not okay maybe do some you know see what's available in that space on our job board because we're going to have a job board mm. um promoting jobs available in organizations um that link to peers so it's all just going to be accessible and easier to yeah, to use, uh, to navigate, easier to navigate and easier to get in, into work. And um, I think one amazing thing, I think people, in, I, I'm really glad, I'm, despite everything that's happened, I'm very grateful for having gone through addiction mm. and being, going through that. Firstly, I got to break my core apart and get to the <laughs> darkness and expel it continuously expel it and then put myself back together and you know my parents never got that opportunity no one like it's very rare for people in society to have that space and time mm. and real rock bottom to then put yourself back together and then something that was raised when we were catching up with some people was that you kind of have a you've got a career path as soon as you finish as well like there's mm amazing opportunity and tend to have really passionate workers in the AOD space because it's from like recent experience it's mm. from seeing the gaps and wanting to fill those gaps and seeing what works and then highlighting those and using those and propelling off that you know to be a part of that um positivity and or you know or to try and make some change and try to make things better so it's really exciting. I think it's really exciting for anyone listening here who wants to get involved in the AOD space, who's like, hang on, I've been thinking about it for a while, but I don't even know where to start. Here's a great place to start at Experience Matters Collective. And <laughs> I will be your number one fangirl helping you through the way. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. I'm excited to connect with people and meet with people and connect all the dots in the space and see how the space evolves and how we can um, help it evolve. hundred mm, percent. Mm, so mm. someone that we chatted to actually gave us a good explanation of it. And that's kind of 
I'm probably going to run with that now. So we're stealing it. But, you know, he was, when we we're explaining to him what we're doing, so that he can just make sense of it and so that people listening can make sense of it as well, is that um, the, the reason why we want to um, professionalize the lived experience workforce to a degree is not to tell people how to share their stories or how to, um, you know, uh, detail the different events that have happened in their life and all that stuff. It's not that at all. It's just providing a framework around it so that there is some kind of, um, I guess, benchmark on what best practice is and, and, you know, have that based off evidence and, you know, um, how to share things in an appropriate way so that it's helpful and, and not, um, not that anyone would do it intentionally, but not unintentionally, more harmful, how to help organize organizations manage that, all that sort of stuff. And the best way to think about it is like if you, yeah, this is what this guy said to us. I really liked it. Like if you were going and getting some kind of construction license, you would have to go and do your white card course, you know, and then that is some form of evidence that you've done some training in the area to bet to, to operate under best practices. And that's what we want to do nationally with the lived experience stuff. Again, is not to pigeonhole people and not to tell them how to share their stories, but just to kind of provide a framework and, and show some kind of formality in how this can be done. But it's also like, I have to be honest, even though the sector is amazing and it is changing, for a long time, peers have just kind of been a bit of a token tick box thing. You know, I've definitely felt like that sometimes in my roles that I've had as a lived experience person I like it's just kind of a thing like oh that's a peer that's all they can do but if we actually mm. formalize and formalize and, and show our kind of mobility then you know we can start being recognized for the expertise that we do actually hold mm. you know yeah exactly right Jack and I think that you know I want to think I'm thinking bigger than just peers like there's a ceiling when there's a peer but peer peers are so so um integral mm. in the whole space and um you know related spaces as well mm. um but it's that i think having that framework and having that that continuous professionalization that continuous mm. training that awareness about that you know finding out what it is that you know floats your boat do you want to continue somewhere else it's not like you have to be a peer and stay up here it's about that mm continuous development as a person to give back to keep learning keep educating keep you know just wanting to be more hungry and get those skills and get those skills mm. and get those skills so it doesn't just stop at peers it's mm. it's that is an incredible incredible um you know space that needs development but there'll always be a strong workforce in the mm. peer space we want to we want to strengthen that that space where it is um you know a continuously um you know bustling and and a budding mm. um sort of pad i guess does that make sense at all 100 percent, 100 percent. it's always going to be people coming in and, and but i just believe that development of skills development of education and that can only be done if you are in the space and you're in it and you're seeing what's available and you're seeing mm. where you can go and what you can give back to organizations. So, okay, you see a gap in the, in the space here. Okay. Well, I, I now with the support 
of people I've met through beginning this peer work that mm. I can go and and study at night to become this. I'm still going to be a peer, but in the future, I might bring in these skills, these skills, these skills. And I know that that then ejects you from being a peer because you're going to mm. move on to other things. But you've then created like there's that extra passion for wanting to develop in the in the space so I, I i know that the 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 tip you know the the peer it sort of begins and ends with with peer if that makes sense like you've got the you've got a baseline but i i, I do might be like pushing the envelope a bit but i do believe that there is extra growth 100%. And, there, and there should be extra growth for each individual each individual deserves that so mm. Yeah, I'm going to be pushing for that, even though it's not by the book, but I'm not very by the book. <laughs> Love it. So, um, so, so that's sort of the peer, peer space and, and what we want to do kind of broadly. Like, can I get you, you know, just to talk a little bit about, and again, the reason why we're doing this show um, is because I think it does really cross over uh, with what we're doing and, and, with the podcast, which is kind of education and talking about different things that happen in the space. And this happens to be a space that we're playing in a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, since we've been doing the show, I've, I've had more than a handful of people reach out to me that are wanting to kind of get involved in the space or whatever it might be. So um, can I get you just to explain a little bit about like us and what we're doing with the um, Experience Matters Collective? So how does it how does it work? How can people access it? What are they going to get out of it initially? All those sorts of things. Yeah. So if you um, go on to a so it's called Experience Matters Collective. Um, it is a online portal, and you create a login. You'll get your login details, and then from there you'll be able to access the back end, um, mm. which is all of our trainings. So our trainings they cover topics like there's we call it the fundamental sort of 101. So we're going to have um, the, so the training platform, then there'll be um, another job platform. So these are the two main sort of platforms. And then there'll be a linked community of practices. And those people who don't know what a community of practices is, is it's a, um, a space for people to get support, uh, to, co to converse about, issues um things that are happening to to have a voice and to be able to um to get support uh from a range of people who are like my, who are working in the same space and to have people who are there supporting you as well did i explain that 100 percent. yeah cool um and then we also within that community of practices but kind of separately as i mentioned before want to have like events and have um you know social media presence so that people can just have conversations and then have the peer to peer as well, but then also have um, the conversations with, you know, counselors and things like that. So there's always going to be that support. And I think that's a really good, uh, good point for organizations to know that the peers that they, um, that they hire uh, are going to have that ongoing support externally as well. So, um, so when we, so let's break it down to the training platform. So we're going to have um, the, you know, how the system operates. Um, so there'll be the harm minimization model. Um, 
So that's Australia's um, policy. And then we're going to break down the AOD sector and um, and then speak about like the pathways and accessibility mm-hmm. and then how you connect to community resources. And there's going to be some like, pra- like each one has practical, um, like there's quizzes, there's um, work, you know, sort of worksheets, not too much, but stuff like um, creating your own, your own database, you mm. know, getting together, you know, spreadsheets or a book, however it works in your mind of, you know, and I find that what helps for me is having sort of like an Excel spreadsheet. It'll be, um, you know, referral pathways. So, okay. So if I find out about another a new organisation, I figure out what they provide. It might be a community centre. Okay, this community centre has housing there. It's got there. It's got there. And calling these places and introducing yourself and creating connections. And so having in your Excel spreadsheet, like tabs of, say, housing, who your contact is there, and just just being an explorer to find out what exists and what doesn't and, mm. um, and yeah, and just creating your, so that you know what's available, what to, you know, what, what um, is going to, I think that that's the main thing for good workers in a space. Mm. If you have that understanding and you've got that desire to connect with other people that can help, it's all, it's a very small um, sector. And it's and everyone wants to work together. So it's about creating those contacts and creating that um, that understanding of that. So um, we provide the peers uh, some good, um, you know, pathways to find all of that. And then you can just, you know, where do people go if they're, you know, need to get food, you know, or young people, where do young people go and hang out? Are there the um, counselling for under 18s or you know, and just creating that that database for you. Um, then we've got um, uh, treatment philosophies. Sorry, my. Yeah. Uh, no, we just lost you. So then we've got treatment philosophies. So it's that's just better. That's better anyway. Is it? You much better. Yeah. Um. Then there's things like touching on motivational interviewing, um, kind of behavioural therapy, person-centred approach, the different stages of change. Mm. And then um, there's sharing your experiences effectively, but we've got some exciting other things that I can't speak about. Just. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there'll be more about media training. Um, and we want to be, we want our peers and our lived experience um uh, crew to be the point of contact for media. So changing the way that AOD is portrayed in the media, mm. reducing that stigma. We want our paper, our, our crew to be the first port of call for the media. So we're going to have training on that. Um, and then we've got the family approach. We've got, um, you know, specifically for family, family members and supports, mm-hmm. um, and then we've got uh, training on sort of those underpinning practices. So boundaries, self-care, um, relapse. So that's, you know, similar to the treatment philosophies of you're always going to bring in that the stages of change. Mm-hmm. Um, difference between open and closed questions. So there's a, there's, the list goes Apes. on. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the baseline. And then baseline. we just keep... Yep. 
growing, 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 and then collaborating and connecting with the, like, we're not, we are not um, the experts. We're not the experts. We are connecting mm. experts with the future experts. And, That's you know, right. so we are, we're not reworking the model. We're just being, as I said, that spider web connecting everyone mm-hmm. and uh, learning from the experts mm. and providing a platform for the experts to share their knowledge. I so love that. I can't wait to just keep learning myself. And then, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. No, I love that. And so everybody knows like the, the reason why we have the training, which we've covered a little bit, but as we were going through it, you know, this all started from, we really want to create tangible employment opportunities for people um, and make that a thing because it's such a huge thing that happens. You know, everybody, that is involved in the alcohol and other drug space and talk about um, reducing harms due to alcohol and drug use, because that's the national framework that we view it in is harm reduction. Everybody talks about social determinants of health, right? Um, And employment is such a big part of that. And unfortunately, as everybody knows, because of the stigma around alcohol and other drugs, um, it, it can, it can make it very hard to, you know, kind of be employed and, you know, do different things. And also there's so many people that, yeah, as we've touched on already, want to take their experience and bring that to the AOD space and help other people, uh, which is really cool. Stigma. Oh, this is going to be a bit rude, but there is some stigma in the space about hiring people with a hundred percent who are currently using or, um, and that's the reality. It's like where, how, what are the parameters? How do like, how is that managed? Um, which is fair. It's, it's fair enough, but it's also, um, you know, I'm sure people are concerned about hiring people in the space who have had experience mm. of addiction. Um, I'm sure uh-huh. like, I know that that is the thing um, in, in some cases. So um, it definitely addi- addiction is stigmatized. So it is a ripple effect, you know, throughout society 100%. and within our society. So that's where, you know, advocacy plays a big role. Um, even having these honest conversations now, that's mm. fundamental in creating that awareness. Mm. And that's why we want to have, um, you know, a growing workforce mm. who we can then consult to find out what, what, is that what are the main things there's so much to advocate about, but what are the main things that we as use as service users and now service providers, what is it that we need? What yeah. is it that we need changed? What are, what are the key things? And then we can only get that information from you who know what is needed, you know, that's right. And it, that's t- right. it takes a whole team. So yeah, that's another big, important, juicy thing that we're going <laughs> you know, that we need, we need, we need all perspectives. We need all experiences. We need all minds together to try and mm. make some, you know, social change. A hundred percent. And um, that's why, uh, you know, because of all that stuff around employment um, and creating those job opportunities for people, that's where the training platform comes in and, and why we're doing it. You know, the, 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 I think sometimes the point of training can get lost. It's the point of training isn't, just to train the point of training is to have 
some kind of outcome as mm. a result of that. And mm. with through our training and other peer stuff that's out there, what it's really about is actually formalizing um, and becoming not that you're not beforehand, but becoming more reputable um, and showing like that, you know, this is actually not just experience. It's um, gained in a really fucking hard way, but it's a, uh, it's expertise on, on a completely different level. So yeah, I get excited just talking a little bit about and, uh, it. So. I'm so pumped. <laughs> like, Oh, I can't wait just to like, you know, really throttle decade, it. Uh, two decades. Just look back. At this point, be like, whoa, so much has changed. That's right. That's right. So we wanted to put this show out there um, because we're, you know, full transparency. Um, We do have some exciting things up and going now. So all that stuff that Lily talked about in terms of the trainings, that's all available now um, and you can go and log on. So what's the the website's www.emcollective.com.au. You can go there and once you become a member of the collective, you automatically get sent the details um, for the training platform and you can start going through that. It's 100% free and will always be 100% free for peers. Mm. Um, So, yeah, like basically we're about you guys um, if you're out there and you do have a lived experience and, and yeah, we want as many people as part of the membership base as possible. You can go through a few episodes of the training and leave it at that. You can do the whole thing and take it further. It's up to you. Um, but yeah, you can check that out now. And then like, it's actually not far away. We have some pretty cool and exciting stuff coming um that we want everyone to stay tuned for so yeah like you can jump on there now and, and get involved straight away so and we would love that there my, my dog my email address as well so if sure. there is anything that you guys need help you know help navigating or extra information i'm always happy to um to speak to each individual and just to sort of hear out what you know your experiences are and what you know any issues you have or any queries or concerns or exciting things or whatever yeah so i'm always available not always but i'm available (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i'll make sure for everyone listening that i put that in um the show notes and and all that sort of stuff um but is there anything else that you know you feel like we've missed to do with the lived experience stuff or that you want to touch on no i guess it's just about i'm really welcome any ideas that anyone has any um you know, is there anything you think, you know, that is missing in the sector? I, we love big, bold ideas and I'm sure that, I, and everyone's got a lot. So, yeah, always keen on on collaborating and fleshing things out and making this world a better place. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So on that note, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for just coming on again and explaining some of that stuff. To check out Lily's last episode, I, to kind of find out a bit more about her and her story, you feel free to scroll down through. I'll, I'll put the episode number in the show notes as well. Can't remember off the top of my head, but it's one of the popular ones. So um, I think it's called High Fashion and meth use or something like that um because lily's a stylist in a past life um or in a current life as well uh (laughs) so so yeah check that out um and until next time 
Peace, everyone. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, everyone. No worries. Bye. Okay, uh, that was another episode of Real Drug Talk. Hope you enjoyed it. As we said in the show, we're super duper excited about everything that we have coming um, with the Experience Matters Collective. So we would love you to be a part of the collective and join the membership base if you have a lived experience with alcohol and drugs or if you're a family member that has a lived experience. Um, yeah, we would love to have you on board. Um, the website address to join up will be in the link um, show notes below. Um, and have a good rest of your Sunday and we'll see you in the next podcast in your ears. Peace. Peace.